Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You are going to love this show. Don't miss a minute of what we got today. Unbelievable stuff, right, Martha? Oh, yeah. I am excited because we have two different ministries that we love and two. want people to know about. Two. Two is bigger than one. That's right. Okay. So, New Life Solutions. It's so much more than a pregnancy center ministry right here in Tampa Bay. It's a ministry to women, protecting them from the lies of the media and showing them the truth about Jesus. Every year, hundreds of babies are saved from abortion, and hundreds of women and men are helped because of past abortions. New Life Solutions is an example of a truly pro-woman's health organization that actually wants the best for women for mind, body, and soul. Coming up in the first week of November, New Life Solutions holds two banquets to raise the money they need to save children and parents from the lies and the genocide of abortion. Please donate online at newlifesolutions.org, newlifesolutions.org. Welcome, Donna Clute from New Life Solutions. Hi, Jim. Hey, Martha. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Hey. Anytime we can talk to you, we're doing phenomenal. We are. We love you, Donna. You're awesome. And New Life Solutions, one of our absolute phenomenal charities we love right here in Tampa Bay. Well, I'm so glad to be here, and I love you guys, too. So talk to us about what, what's New Life Solutions all about? New Life Solutions is about um, taking care of the whole person. We want to make sure that it's not just the baby that we're focused on, although we want to see the baby saved. We want to see souls saved. We want to see healthy choices being made by the women and um, students that we have an opportunity to serve. And we want to make, help people make positive choices for their families, regardless of what level they are in the family at this point. So that's what New Life Solutions is all about, saving souls, saving babies, and helping save tomorrow. That is so great. And so, Donna, for people that may not be familiar with you guys, how many locations do you guys have around Tampa Bay? Okay, so New Life Solutions has a bunch of outreaches. Today we're talking about our Pregnancy Center Ministry, which is a women's place medical clinic, and we have five clinics in Tampa Bay, two in Tampa and three in Pinellas County from Pinellas Park, Largo, and Tarpon Springs. And how many women do you serve at those locations and the other locations, all the different ministries touched by uh, New Life Solutions? How many ministries, how many women are getting touched by New Life Solutions each and every year? Um, just in the pregnancy centers, we're talking about nearly 2,000 women a year. And through all the ministries combined, we're, we're talking about um, over 3,000 women and their families being being reached and affirmed in some, some fashion or form. So I think to help our listeners just get a big picture of what all New Life Solutions does, you guys keep track of how many babies you save each year. How many on average is that? Uh, last year it was nearly 600 babies, and since 1985 when we began, over 9,000 or nearly 9,000 babies have been saved that we can that document. Is, that is very yeah, that you can yeah. document. I love that because you don't know everything, but you touch a lot of women. You teach them the truth, and now now in all five locations, do you have ultrasound uh, capabilities? We have ultrasounds at every location. We do FTD testing um, at every location, and we have RNs 
or RDMSs at every location, helping to serve the needs of our clients. And we have a doctor who um, does one day in Tampa and one day in Pinellas Park. Nice. Now, every year, you guys hold a huge extravaganza to raise money for the following year's budget to help serve these women and help save the lives of our precious children. When are this year's annual Celebrate Life Benefit Dinners? I am so glad you asked that. Our first one is Thursday, November 2nd. It is in Tampa at the Jewish Community Center, and it begins at 6 o'clock. And that particular event has changed its location, but all of our new material has this. So go to the website, dinner.newlifesolutions.org, to see that information. Our second event is on Saturday, November 4th, um, beginning at 6.30 at the historic St. Pete Coliseum in downtown St. Pete. And we've been there for many, many years. It's an incredibly neat venue to go to. All right. So people can find out more and get signed up for these things at dinner.newlifesolutions.org, dinner.newlifesolutions.org. Now, why do you – you guys do a really, really good job at these. I mean, these celebrations – I mean, you you always bring headliners. You always bring people that have made a big impact on the kingdom. So – Talk about this year's headliners. Who are the headliners this year? We are so blessed to have David and Jason Benham. Um, They are Christian businessmen who are also authors, also sons of a pastor, and they they impact the world by taking a stand for what is righteous in God's eyes. And they've made headlines over the years, and we are just thrilled that we get to have them here presenting a message of hope and happiness. Now, those two guys were on our show last year after their book rolled out, and they're pretty funny. They're actually yeah. extraordinarily funny. They're twins. Yeah. They've got a. They've been competing for everything in life, even on even up to the point of how many children each one of them have. Who's going to be the MC in the middle of those two to keep that under control? <laughs> uh, we have two MCs. Oh, on one side of the bay will be Doug Smith. Um, he's a former local um, news personality. And on the other side is, um, I believe, our show. Now, do they know what they're getting into? I mean, seriously. <laughs> you guys usually have these very, 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 really super great speakers. But these two, I mean, they're great speakers, but they're going to be, I, I mean, whoever gets to be there at these New Life Solutions extravagant annual Celebrate Life benefit dinners, this is going to be fantastic. It is going to be fantastic. These guys are are wonderful. They are funny, and um, they they can convey a, a message that really helps to drive home the point of why we celebrate life and why we do what we do. And um, the, I cannot wait to be face to face with them. Um, I've read all their books now. I can't wait for the next book to come out. Um, and I am just chomping at the bit to um, to be there and to see see what they're going to do this year. So tell our listeners how they can get involved and possibly even reserve a table. Okay, so if they go to dinner.newlifesolutions.org, they can reserve a table. Um, they can either reserve just seats for themselves or a table for 10. And what a great way to have fun with your friends, especially mm-hmm. people from your small group, people that you work with, people that might not know about this cause that's near and dear to your own heart. And they reserve a table, and there's no cost to reserve a table or to be there for the event. It is a fundraiser. But come prepared to give and let the Lord tell you what you're going to give. But reserving the table allows you to bring in your friends. And the sooner you reserve the table, the more time you have to fill that table and maybe even fill two tables. We have people that sometimes 
call us back up a couple weeks out from the event and say, hey, can I get another table? I've got eight more friends I want to bring. And so um, do it early and invite everybody you know because this is a fun evening to celebrate life and to uh, find a way to support in a practical way a ministry that doesn't just um, – just doesn't take care of one cause, but looks after a lot of causes that affect our families Mm -hmm. and our communities and serves women and children and families. Yeah, I I think one of your most powerful, I mean, yes, saving children, fantastic, unbelievable, it's great, but I love a lot of the supplemental ministries. I love the post-abortion recovery groups where people have been through it. They can get ministered to and and talk through and get healing from having gone through an abortion. I I just, it's powerful. How much money do you guys, uh, do you need to raise this next year oh <laughs> um a few million um you know we we know we won't raise it all that night but um it it every service we offer is at no cost or low cost to um mm-hmm. the people that we serve in the various areas of our ministry um, but we still have a lot of things we have to underwrite and so um it's quite a bit that that we need to raise in order to continue doing the mission that God's called us to do. All right, so if people want to get involved in the annual Celebrate Life Benefit Dinners for New Life Solutions, they go to dinner.newlifesolutions.org, dinner.newlifesolutions.org. Donna, here's my last question. There are pregnancy centers around the country doing exactly the same thing that New Life Solutions is doing, or at least part of what you guys are doing. Is there a big network of, of you guys across the country? Do you guys work together and encourage each other? We do. Um, I just came back from a conference uh, that does just that, and there's three major organizations that help support and advocate for pregnancy centers around the country and bring together conferences to allow us to uh, exchange ideas and to learn how to do things better and to spark one another on. And to create perpetuation. Donna Clute with New Life Solutions, thank you so much for being an eye work friend. Thanks, Thanks for letting Donna. us know about this incredible opportunity. We're looking forward to seeing you on November 2nd at the New yes. Life Solutions Dinner. Thank you so much, Donna. Hey, thank you, guys. God bless. All right. Check out the annual Celebrate Life Benefit Dinners at New Life Solutions online at dinner.newlifesolutions.org, dinner.newlifesolutions.org. Get signed up now. You get to hear the Benham Brothers and get to give some money. It's awesome. You know, we remind, let me just remind you why we do this on Tuesdays. Every other day of the week, we're talking about that intersection of our faith and our work, connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. But understand this, as a married Christ follower, your marriage is to be a light to the community. Mm-hmm. And if stuff is a mess at home, it impacts your witness at work. If stuff is a mess at home, it impacts your work, not only your relationships, but your witness and your work. And so we just try to draw attention to ministries and books and conversations that will challenge you to dig deeper in this. And people, we need to understand that marriage is under attack everywhere. In fact, if you support marriage between uh, just a man and a woman and no other options, you're considered part of the problem in this country. The world is upside down and the only thing that is going to right this wrong is Jesus. Jesus is the answer for all those flailing out there grasping for anything to bring them hope. Refine Us Ministries is a ministry founded by Justin and Tricia Davis focused on the miraculous work that Jesus did in their own marriage after Justin, a pastor, had an affair with a co-worker. Trisha's best friend. The miracle the story is about to unfold. Welcome to Justin and Trisha Davis of RefineUs.org. Hey, good afternoon. How are you guys? We are so excited to have you guys on here. Trisha, are you there too? I am. Thanks for having us. You know, before we dig in deep, we know, because we've been following you, and Justin and I have been emailing for months, you guys have some pretty exciting news, some pretty big 
additions to your family in the last several months? We sure do. Where do you want to start on that one, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> no one got, none of, neither of us got pregnant. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> um, this is yeah, so um, about three months ago now, um, we received a text message three days before our middle son graduated from high school asking if we would be interested in adopting two children. And uh, we had uh, some general interest in adoption. We had gone through about half the process of learning how to become foster parents but did not follow through with that just based on our travel schedule and, and just some extenuating circumstances. So we, we had had conversations about it, but by no means were we home study approved, were we on a waiting list. And long story short, uh, over the next three weeks, we were just able to see God work in a miraculous way and uh, we met the birth mom uh, of two two children, Janaya, who's seven, and Jalen, who's nine. And uh, she chose us to be their new mom and dad. And so we raised thirty thousand dollars in eight days. And June twenty second, <laughs> brought the kids home. Uh, to, uh, to yeah, so we became legal guardians on June twenty second, and um, and then uh, our court date is set for sometime later this month to be able to make it official and then have them take on our last name and and um, become a forever part of our family. Well, congratulations to you guys. It is it is an honor to adopt a child. Martha and I have done adoption as well, and it is, it, it's phenomenal. It does, it does change your life a little. Yes. Yes, it does. Jess <laughs> and I are both very entrepreneurial, and so we, we love starting things. We love building things together, and never in a million years did we think um, – you know, coming together on something of raising support and uh, bringing in kids in would have such this amazing uh, high on an entrepreneurial level of, oh my gosh, this is really happening. And then just this beautiful grounding when you bring someone in who has um, a, a traumatic hard story in such a little person's life. And you realize that it doesn't matter um, your degrees. It doesn't matter how long you've you've parented or how long you have um, grown different companies that you literally are at the mercy of God to lead you and guide you. And it's just brought a fresh wind of um, love, a fresh wind of humility to realize that you never stop learning in life. And our kids have taught us more than we could ever teach them. Well, and when you did this adoption, you I imagine you checked with your with your older kids to say, hey, what do you guys think of this? Did, what, did, what, what was their reaction? I, we they were they were open and I can't explain it other than it was like we got this email. We sat down as a family and Justin and I were more shell shocked. Our kids were like, we're good. Let's let's do this. Now, my older two were leaving for college, so they probably really were like, yeah, sure, that's great, you know. Um, but our eighth grader, um, we call him our gentle giant. He's in eighth grade, and he's six foot seven. Oh, oh come God. on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's the last hope I have for the NBA. He's all I got left. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but he's, um, we call him our gentle giant because he, he is huge and uh his heart is just as big as his body. He is very justice-driven. He is very uh, motivated by um, injustice in bringing unity to our community and to our nation, to our world. And so for him to be able to play a small part in that um, with two children was just 
his love language. And he really has been the backbone. The other two leaving for college about two months after getting the kids, he has just been right in the the thick of it and loving and being um, a brother in a way that has just kind of blown the rest of us at our family away as well. It seems to me like hearing your story and knowing that you're going to share a little bit of your uh, backstory that led to your marriage ministry, I hear a real theme of obedience in the the example that you've set for your kids. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you with that, that that is um, such a great example for everyone listening to know that um, listening to the Lord and being obedient, even when it doesn't make sense to, you know, the, the person on looking, I just want to encourage you for doing that. And um, thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that story with us. Mm-hmm. Thank oh, you. thank you. You know, one of the things that we um, we said going into it is, hey, we're just going to walk through whatever door God, God opens. And as, mm-hmm. and, as, and as soon as he shuts the door, we'll stop walking and uh, to our surprise, he just kept opening doors. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of asked him to open a door to a beach and a lounge chair in the recent days, so I'm kind of hoping that door opens. <laughs> well, come on down. We always have room for guests. We've got extra beds. You guys, come on down anytime you want. That's right. Anytime. We're right across the street from the beach. You can come, and it's beautiful in October here in Florida. Oh, well, we'll oh see my you gosh. tomorrow. <laughs> Come on down. We got we our got door pl- is open. Our, How's that? There you right. go. Come on down. <laughs> One more open door. All right. Well, and it'll be incredible to see, you know, why the Lord brought these two youngsters into your lives and to see what his plans are for those two mm. people, little people in your lives down the road, how incredible it will be in your story and their story. Uh, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to come back on and talk about what you've learned. Mm. It'll be great. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you just get started telling us a little bit about your story. Where did you guys meet? Well, uh, Trish and I met in 1993 um, in preschool. No, I wish that was true. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> we, met in, we met in college in 1993, and uh, we went, both went to a Bible college in Lincoln, Illinois, called Lincoln Christian uh, University. And... Um, Trish was a freshman, I was a junior, and she just kind of had this presence about her and a little bit of uh, attitude to go along with it that just made (laughs) her really a distinctive personality on our campus. She was very beautiful, and I actually tried to set her up with my one of my best friends on the basketball team, and she wasn't really interested in going out with him, and just that little interaction with her, I thought, man, I want to try to get her to go out with me. And uh, she had a boyfriend back home, which I just... Uh, didn't really regard as anything uh, significant, but uh, we we didn't really hit it off too well um, at the very beginning. But she came around eventually, and uh, well, I mean, Justin well, loved himself. He really wanted me to love himself. That's great. Full disclosure, right here, and I work for him. Exactly, exactly. So um, once you really, agreed. Once you agreed to start, you know, thinking, loving him, uh, in, how long did you guys date? We, we uh, well, because dating was off the table, we actually ended up uh-huh. um, becoming just really good friends. And both Justin and I had experienced some hardships in our families that allowed each other to be a safe place to share those, mm. those hard truths. And we realized we were safe for one another. I think it was the first time both he and I had experienced intimacy in a relationship, let alone a, you know, 
soon-to-be husband and wife. And so we officially started dating uh, our my second semester of my freshman year, and then we got engaged that summer and got married the next summer. So we we got married in 95, which I always say is so, like, un- the unfortunate years of marriage where dresses were, you know, Cinderella meets the bedazzled machine. It's just all sad and unfortunate. But You don't even have to yeah. date, the, date the photographs, right? They just say for themselves. That's what yes. year that was. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. But when we tell people our, our dating story and our marriage story, we always caveat that with, we don't want our kids to follow our path. You know, like, you, need, you shouldn't get engaged six months after you start dating. You should, you know, date a lot longer and you know, get married, you know, 10 years after you get out of college, not your yeah. second year of college. Good, good luck with that one. So, you guys, let's rewind just a little bit to set up your story and tell us what the first 10 years in your marriage looked like. Yeah, you know, you know, Chris and I got married um, with this belief that, you know, if we love God and we love each other, everything's just going to go up into the right. You know, everything's going to be successful. Everything's going to work out. And um, I, I got into youth ministry, into youth ministry for the first seven years of our marriage. And uh, any, any time that you um, find your identity in what you do rather than who you are in Christ, it creates a disproportionate amount of imbalance in your life. And my identity really was based on what people thought of me, how successful I was, um, how, uh, how fast or how much our ministry grew. And um, we just really put all of our attention and all of our effort into serving God and building the church. And we didn't intentionally ignore our relationship. It just kind of happened over time. And I tell people all the time, people are like, man, were the first 10 years of your marriage, were they just horrible? No, they, they weren't horrible at all. They, they were the, we had the best marriage that we could build um, on our own. But really, Christ, even though I was a pastor, it sounds really odd saying out loud, Christ really wasn't the center of our relationship. The church was. Slow it out. No, slow it out. Because what you just said there is true for almost all pastors and their wives. Christ mm-hmm. wasn't the center of your marriage. The church was. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle, causing issues. And actually, yeah. probably not even just pastors, because a lot of us that serve in the church you know, do the same thing. We say, well, it's for a good cause. It's a, you know, it, right. it, that's where your commitment is. So that's powerful. Yeah. And Justin, and I think because we're both entrepreneurially driven and we, um, we like to work, we love to pour in our family. We like to play mm-hmm. as hard as we like to work. We became great ministry partners and we became a horrible marriage partners. Mm-hmm. So Trisha, what happened? Yeah, and, oh, okay. go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. No, go ahead. What? I was just going to say, from the outside looking in, it looked like we had it all together. Yeah. You know, we had you know three three beautiful kids. You know, our, our kids at the time that our marriage imploded were nine, six, and three. Uh, we had a growing ministry, um, and you know, Trish is really talented and very gifted, and so we would display those gifts on Sunday morning, and then you know, not be different people, but not really share the struggles and the problems that we were having with our marriage with anyone that were, was close to us. And, you know, I, I remember kind of a defining moment. We were in an argument one Saturday night, and I finally just said, hey, whatever it is, I just, I, just tell me uh, I'm sorry for whatever you're mad about because I have to speak tomorrow morning and you have to leave worship. And so there wasn't really a desire to reconcile or restore the relationship. It was just a desire to make the issues go away so that we could go do what we needed to do. 
Mm-hmm. And that kind of became a pattern in our life that um, that l- allowed the enemy to take ground and, and a foothold in our marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Trisha, then what happened? I think the pinnacle happened where, you know, I think for all of us, a lot of couples ask, you know, what is what is it about the year, you know, 7 to 11 where couples start to unravel? And I think all of us, regardless of what your career path is, is we have all these milestones and achievements. And we just think, okay, once we get out of the apartment and we buy our first house, then we can start having the relationship God calls us to do. Or once we have this business launched and it's successful, then we can start having the relationship. Or once we have kids, like all of these things, and there's nothing wrong with them, they just never sustain your intimacy in your marriage. And so 10 years in, I was tired. And I felt done, and I felt numb. And I I think, innocently, I just chose to do what I think we all do. I just looked to the next milestone and achievement, and it was our 10-year anniversary, and I thought, we just just need to get away. And so we went on a cruise, and I I mean, when we left for the cruise, I didn't even want to go with him. That's how bad things were. We never really talked about it. We just were not on the same page. And we kind of fell in love on that trip, and... It wasn't the real world. You know, I think a lot of affairs start because, you know, we don't have to live practically with someone that we're pursuing in an extramarital affair. It is more fantasy-driven where you don't have to deal with kids or um, expectations or work or finances. And so for those couple of days, it was great. And then when we came back and stepped into our life, we just stepped back into the same patterns. And... I think the worst place that you can be in your marriage is when we first got married, we loved fighting for each other's dreams. We loved staying up late at night and talking about how we were going to conquer the world for Jesus. And then it got to a point where we just fought with each other all the time. And I think 10 years in, what changed for us, and I didn't realize really how a bad place we had gotten is that we just stopped fighting altogether. Mm. And all all of that all of that culminated on October ninth, two thousand and five. I came home from church and sat down on the edge of the bed, and I told Trish, I said, "Hey, we need to have a conversation." And she said, "About what?" And I said, "About us." And she's like, "Well, what about us?" And I just said, "I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with the church. Uh, I'm done with ministry. Uh, I'm not in love with you anymore. Um, I'm having an affair. It's with your best friend, and I want to be with her." And, um, you know, it wasn't a confession of remorse. It wasn't a confession of repentance. It was just a confession of resignation. And I was just, I was just done. And, um, obviously, you know, the intensity of our conversation went way up and, and Trish left the house. And, and, um, I, I looking back on it, I, I wish that it, that I would have been remorseful. I wish that I would have been pursuing reconciliation. But it sent us on a path, me in that dark place kind of sent us on a path, uh, really a two-month journey of separation and us really hitting rock bottom, both as a couple and individually. Mm-hmm. And you were working with Trisha's best friend, isn't that true? Yeah, she was the children's director at, at, our, at our three-year-old church that we had started together. Her so, husband and, and, uh, and her and Trish and I and... Uh, eight other people had started a church three years before, and then she had come on staff in in the recent year. Um, so, so yeah, it was 
um, it was devastating, you know, for, for our family. It was devastating for our church. Um, you know, and one of the things that we realized looking back, sin never makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, if you, if you are explaining away sin, uh, you're just justifying it because you can never really make sense of, of sinful choices. Um, but it was, it was, uh, it was a bombshell for sure in, in, in many people's lives, uh, but most, uh, most damaging to, to Trish, obviously, and our boys. Mm. So, Let's step back for a minute because I know we're not going to be able to like cover your whole story, but hopefully we've intrigued the listeners a lot. If they want to learn more about it, they can call in for the book and also learn more about um, your ministry online. But Tricia, there are a lot of women that have probably gone through similar situations, not the same, you know, every detail. But how did God lead you to healing? And tell our listeners a little mm-hmm. bit about that after all of the um, revelation was there in the pain and hitting rock bottom. Yeah, you know, I think for me personally, I'm a rule follower, and so I felt like I had followed the rules. I had been faithful. I had Mm. been all of these things. And I think the power of hitting rock bottom is that it's still solid surface begin to stand. And when you stand, you have to make a choice to do the same thing over and over again and live a life of insanity or to choose something different. And although I didn't cause the affair... I realized that I had these Messiah-like expectations on just in the first 10 years of my ministry. It wasn't God that I was looking to console my heart. It wasn't God that I was looking to to lead my path. It was Justin. And so he failed all the time. And now that Justin was gone and I'm sitting in this house with his clothes being packed up and gone and I'm looking at my three small boys, I had to make a choice. And in that choice was... Choosing to be broken because I had biblical grounds to leave Justin. I had biblical grounds to to leave the church, but I could still continue to be that bitter person. And you, and you know that you struggle with forgiveness when it, it, you don't even remember like how the argument starts. It just comes back to the same wound over and over again. And I was determined to figure out in my relationship with Jesus how to heal these wounds. We really encourage you to check out their ministry, refineus.org, refineus.org. Not everybody has that. Well, nobody has that happily ever after story. Marriage is never happily ever after. But we want to make sure that we get back to, their, Martha wants me to highlight their book. Make sure, well, they've written a book. It's called Beyond Ordinary. Because ordinary who wants ordinary marriage? Nobody does. All right, but we're not going to go back to that because, Trisha, I interrupted you. You were talking about how the Lord led you out of your pain. And then I want to talk about, I want to talk to Justin. I got a good question for him. But go ahead and finish what you were saying as the Lord was leading you out of your pain to heal. I think for all of us, especially us as women, we feel our wounds deeply and we hold on to our bitterness because we believe it keeps us safe. And what I realized that Jesus went first with the power of forgiveness, that when you choose to forgive someone, it doesn't excuse their behavior. It prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. And Jesus gives us that perfect, beautiful picture of forgiveness found on the cross where he finds us exactly where we are. And it's it's not this, this mystical, like, untangible way of living it's where beyond ordinary living starts where you can live 
healed. And it begins in the freedom found in forgiveness. And so the marriage I have today isn't two perfect people. I mean, Justin and I still argue like normal people, but it's, it's the picture of intimacy that I believe God called for us as husband and wife to have to be fully known in all of, all of it, all of it, like the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, to therefore be fully loved. And I could say I'm more in love with Justin today than I am through the affair, not just because Justin has changed, but because my heart has been transformed in the process. So is there any regrets for not divorcing Justin? Oh my gosh, no. No, and I think, and here's the deal, I meet women all the time who feel so discouraged and they feel shame, this deep shame that their marriage didn't work out. But here's the deal, we, you guys know this, I, you know, you can't change a human heart. And so I could have mm-hmm. done all the right things. And if Justin didn't choose brokenness, we'd be divorced. Right. But when you have someone who chooses a posture of brokenness, who, it's just complete surrender to say, God, I, I don't know anymore. Like, none of what I'm doing is working. And you have a husband who chooses that. That's the marriage we have today. So, Justin, how did God move you from done not just done, done being married, done being pastor, done with God, maybe even. You said you were done in that video that I watched on your website. How did God move you from done back to being one with your wife, Tricia? Well, I think, first of all, I think it was uh, a process, but I think it, it, it actually started anytime that you choose a sinful pattern in your life, you have to divorce yourself emotionally from the carnage that you're causing those around you. And what really started our pathway of reconciliation was me recognizing some of the brokenness and some of the wounds that I had in my life that I was, that I was talented enough and um, evasive enough to avoid. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, giftedness, when giftedness outweighs character, implosion isn't a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And I, I never allowed my character to develop to the level that I was working on my giftedness. And when Trish and I separated, I was—I found myself in a room uh, with some friends. You know, I stayed. I, I was uh, staying with some friends that helped to start the church, and I was left to myself. And I didn't know if I was going to be divorced. I didn't know if I was going to see my kids. You know, once every other weekend, and and God really began to work on my heart and really began to allow me to see some of the poor choices that I had made, not just with the affair, but with a lot of different things in my life that little compromises along the way that led up to some of the big compromises I had made. And I got to a place where I wanted to be the person that God had created me to be, whether or not I was married or not. And I think that was the defining moment for us um, that our marriage was going to be able to work because I wasn't jumping through hoops to try to get Trisha to take me back. I was going to pursue a relationship with Jesus, and I was going to pursue um, being a, a person of integrity, regardless of what she chose. And I, I think because of that, and because she was willing to choose um, to be broken and to forgive me, God allowed our, our hearts to, to re-intersect and to, to fall in love again. But it was, it was tough. You know, I mean, I, had to, I was sexually abused when I was a kid, and I'd never done anything about it, never talked about it, never admitted it. Um, I had a 10-year pornography addiction that I had deflected and denied and, and kind of uh, talked my way out of at times. And I had to face some of those things and be honest about some of those things because, you know, God can only heal the parts of our heart that we're willing to give to Him. 
And we do a really good job of compartmentalizing our life and not giving God all of our life. And then we don't understand why we struggle with feeling uh, some of those same wounds over and over again. And so I really had to come face-to-face with some of those things in my life so that as we tried to heal together, some of the wounds from my past weren't going to get in the way of that healing that God was trying to do. You know, Martha and I talk with a lot of couples, Justin and Tricia, uh, that are in the midst of this, this disaster, this nuclear bomb has gone off in their marriage, and and there's always the possibility that it can be healed. We've seen marriages come back from the brink of death to being amazing, like you guys are talking about yours today. And But it takes two people who are willing to humble themselves, two people who are willing to submit to the Lord, the Lordship of Jesus in their lives, but it still takes time to heal. And I think people are unrealistic sometimes. They think that this will just happen overnight, and it takes a long time. Trisha, how many months or years was it before you trusted Justin again? I would say about two years, and that was under I, – I mean, I, I can't um, plead more for biblical counseling. Mm. And that there's just power in being able to sit with someone who isn't your referee. They're your guide to the truth of who God is. And I know that if, if you had a sick child and you took them to a doctor and you didn't, you didn't feel like the doctor was really doing their job, you would take the time to find the right doctor. And so I say to people all the time, counselors aren't perfect. It's not always a perfect match. It's something that you have to fight for. And thankfully, um, Dan, our counselor, changed our life. He gave me a safe place to be ugly. Um, he gave me a safe place to cry. And because of that safe place, I began to find healing. And forgiveness is free, trust is earned. Those are two very different things. But at some point, the Bible says that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and sound mind. And there's a tipping point in your marriage relationship when you're earning trust that you are doing things out of fear that is not of God and that you are doing out of a Holy Spirit prompting. And so if, if, one, if you're a listener struggling in your marriage and you, you don't know how to earn trust and you don't want to be duped again, you have the power of the Holy Spirit that leads you and prompts you. And when those fears come up, take them to God. Bathe yourself in God's Word. Go to counseling. Allow that confession to bring healing. And you may have to choose it over and over again. But if there's anything that Justin and I can attest to, we don't have a perfect marriage. But there is no one on this planet I would fight more um, to have the relationship and the intimacy to be fully known and fully loved in the way that God's called me to love him like I do Mm. today with him. Okay. Now, all of this helped launch the ministry that you call Refine Us, that people can find online at refineus.org. And and you said, Tricia, early on in the interview today that you guys were number one. You, You guys are leading the way in the example of how how probably how not to do things but if you do them that way how to recover from it talk about your ministry because you've got a retreat coming up in nashville coming up here pretty quick and i want you guys to be able to plug your retreat and plug your ministry and talk about why people should get involved so go ahead quick you got a minute go ahead justin (laughs) well well first of all i want to say that the book isn't about an affair it's not about um you know it's not if you if you have had an affair it'll be very helpful but the affair doesn't come out until um, chapter nine, and so mm-hmm. there, it's really about how people can drift apart and how they find their way back to God and one another. 
So no matter what your marital circumstances, I think if you're not married, if you're engaged, if you're early, you know, new, newly married, I think it'll be helpful for a lot of different uh, demographics in that regard. Um, we offer a, a number of different resources off of our website. Um, we just uh, launched a, a brand new um, resource uh, in January of this year called Ignite Us, and it's a 21-day journey that we do with couples uh, via video. And for 21 straight days, we walk them through a marriage devotion and uh, discussion questions and, and really challenge them to spend 15 minutes per day for 21 days with one another in God's Word. And uh, we, we kind of interact via video. We have some private Facebook uh, conversations as well. And one of the things that we realized is with a lot, with people's schedule, uh, traveling to Nashville or traveling to a conference may not be easy. You know, it would be doable, may not be affordable. And so we have tried to think through different ways of how can we decentralize some of the resources or some of the things that God has taught us and get that into as many uh, homes and marriages as possible. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a huge list, uh, not just some retreats. We're speaking uh, all over. I got I to gotta cut you off. I'm sorry. Justin and Trisha right. Davis, thanks for being on I Work For Him. Thanks for sharing your story. Check out Justin and Trisha on refinus.org. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you check them out online at refinus.org, refinus.org. But remember, ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iWorkForHim and online iWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com.